0: This is Rema for Today Radio.
1: Well, there's no use you backsliding just because others have. I said that uh, you need to get in somewhere and work for God. Worship the Lord. A rolling stone never gathers any moss, as we say. We need others. We need the fellowship of one another. And uh, someone said, and this lady said, Oh, Brother Hagin, I can stay at home and be just as good a Christian as anybody. I said, No, you can't do it. The Bible said, Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the matter of some is but exhorting one another and so much more as he shall see the day approaching you see we see that day approaching the coming of the Lord we need one another we need to grow up
0: welcome to Rama for Today Kenneth E. Hagen continues his teaching on growing up spiritually find out more next on Rama for Today Radio also later in today's program I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagin for today's message.
1: Now, the first psalm is so beautiful, and it makes it so clear that God wants us to prosper. Notice the first psalm, verse 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. Now notice, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. God wants us to prosper. Our need, however, is to evaluate things as they should be evaluated, to esteem earthly things lightly, to put first things first. Now we all think that the preacher ought to be that way. You know, if a pastor takes a better church where he makes more money, people think he just took that so he'd get better paid. But they wouldn't think a thing in the world of taking a better job and perhaps moving off and leaving a good spiritual church and getting in one where they'd all backslide. I was talking to a fellow, a good friend of mine, a number of years ago. I was over in his town on business and ran into him on the street. Now, this was back in Depression days when most people didn't have anything. But he had a good job making good money. But he'd been offered a job making $50. That's a lot of money then. More a month. Like I said, that doesn't sound like much today. But in those low depression days, that was a lot of money. I knew a lot of men with families who didn't make $50 a month. He already had a good salary. But he was offered this job in another town making $50 more than he's making. He said, did you know I'm moving to so and so? Well, he was a member of a good gospel church. Actually, a full gospel church. And I happened to know the town where he was going, but moving, didn't even have one, in those days, not one single full gospel church. So I said, what kind of church do they have in that town? He said, what do you mean? I said, is there a full gospel church there where you're going to move and take this new job? He said, I don't know. I never thought about that. No, I said, you were just interested in the $50 more a month. But I said, wait a minute. I knew you and your family before you came into the baptism of the Holy Ghost and into the full gospel church. I happen to know you'd spent all your money. Doctors thought your wife had cancer of the stomach. But when she got the baptism of the Holy Ghost without anybody praying for her, she got healed and she can eat anything she wants. I happen to know that you'd spent thousands of dollars on one of your boys physically, you see, for physical medical treatment. But since you've come in where divine healing is taught, that boy's been in good health. You haven't spent a dime. He said, yeah, that's right. I said, I happen to know that there isn't a full gospel church in that town. Now, you see, it would have been different if he was thinking about going there to start one, but he wasn't capable of doing that. He said, you know, I never thought of that. I said, no, you'd take your family out of a good church where the Gospels preached, where you've been blessed immeasurably, physically as well as spiritually, for $50 more a month. I said to him, I'll not tell you not to go there, but I tell you, you better pray about it. Well, the next time I saw him, he said, I'm not going. I don't believe it's worth it. I just don't believe it's worth it. And it wasn't, and he didn't. You see, as I said, this man esteemed earthly things lightly. He put spiritual things first. Let's go back for just a moment and look at that scripture there in the first psalm. I want you to notice something. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor said to the seed of the scornful. Now notice, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You see, he put spiritual things first well he went on to say that he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water to bring forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he shall do shall prosper but you see he put spiritual things first this man I was telling you about put spiritual things first didn't move you see uh, though he could get fifty dollars more a month and yet God prospered him where he was because he put spiritual things first I remember at one meeting we were holding in a large city a man and his wife came to the meeting that is to visit the woman's mother, who had gone home to be with the Lord, was a member of a church that I'd pastored some years before. This mother was a wonderful Christian, a great blessing to my wife and me as young people with babies. Well, I knew that this lady, the daughter, hadn't always been a Christian because she used to come and visit her mother and even come to church with her, but they weren't Christians. But then she'd gotten saved, received the Holy Spirit, had been filled with the Holy Ghost, and attended a fine church, full gospel church. And she was going on with God because occasionally she'd still come back and visit. Now, a number of years had gone by. So I said to her, you know, are you still going to church where you went or where do you go? And she said, oh, I don't go anywhere. Well, I said, what do you mean? I thought you remember. I mentioned that church. Oh, she said they don't even have church there anymore. It closed down for a while. Then someone else took it over. Our pastor quit and left, and people just scattered, and we didn't have any pastor. And, and somebody's opened it back up now, but we don't go anywhere, just here and there. And so while you're here, well, we're coming here. Well, I said to her, where do you pay your tithes? Oh, she said, we quit paying tithes. We used to pay tithes, but we don't pay tithes anymore. And uh, our church just folded up and quit. And I said, well, there's no use you backsliding just because others have. I said, uh, you need to get in somewhere and work for God. Worship the Lord. A rolling stone never gathers any moss, as we say. We need others. We need the fellowship of one another. And uh, someone said, and this lady said, oh, Brother Hagin, I can stay at home and be just as good a Christian as anybody. I said, no, you can't do it. The Bible said, Hebrews ten twenty five, "...not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as ye shall see the day approaching." You see, we see that day approaching, the coming of the Lord. We need one another. We need to grow up. We need to esteem earthly things lightly. We need to put God first. We don't go to church because we're in love with the pastor or his wife or the Sunday school teacher. We should go because we love God and we want to worship the Lord. You know, people sometimes lose their children because they don't put first things first. The children grow up physically and get away from God because the wrong example was set for them. I remember we were visiting my wife, folks, one time, one Christmas. My daughter, our daughter, was only six years old. Christmas was on Saturday. The next day, after Christmas, on Sunday, I was to preach about 57 miles away. Well, it was raining and disagreeable, weather, cold. And when you'd go out, it just seemed like it'd just go right through you. Sunday morning, my mother-in-law said, well, I'll keep Pat. You just leave her here. She has a little hacking cough, and she feels like she might have a little bit of fever, and don't take her out in this kind of weather. My wife asked me what we should do, and I said, no, we're not going to leave her. We prayed about it. We believed God. And besides that, when we came over here yesterday for Christmas dinner, she had that same little hacking cough. Actually, she's much better today. Now, if we don't take her to Sunday school and church this morning, then we'll leave the impression on a little six-year-old that it's more important to eat Christmas dinner with grandma than to go to church on Sunday morning, and uh, that's not what I believe. Now, do you see where people lose their children and why they grow up and become unfaithful in church? You can't just tell them. The Bible says, friends, listen now to me. Proverbs twenty-two six. You can't just tell them, that is, tell children what to do and just let them do whatever they want to. Proverbs twenty. Two six says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. You see, train them, and set the right example before them. I remember F. F. Bosworth said, Some people wonder why they can't have faith for healing, and that is why their faith's weak. I added faith for healing. They feed their body three hot meals a day, and their spirit one cold snack a week. Friends, determine in your heart to put spiritual things first. That is, first things first. Esteem earthly things lightly, even if it's your own relatives. Put God before them. Put God before your own self-life. You'll be blessed spiritually and better off physically, both you and your family as well. Then another characteristic of the manhood stage of spiritual development and growth is deadness to censure or praise. Paul says in first Corinthians a fourth chapter, the third and fourth verses, but with me it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment, yea I judge not mine own self for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Now Paul had grown in grace to such an extent that he sought only to commend himself to God. He was not influenced or affected by what others thought of him. He did not get into bondage to anybody. It was not a carnal independence, but a saintly dignity. The law of love governed him. He was not easily puffed up, nor was he touchy or resentful. His spirit, where the love of God was shed abroad, dominated him. Immature Christians will feel slighted or puffed up if they are criticized, or even imagine that they are. They are restless, uneasy, and full of self-pity. But on the other hand, if they are noticed and appreciated, they feel lifted up and full of self-importance. Baby Christians are self-conscious and ever-conscious of what others are thinking about them. Therefore, they are tossed to and fro, childlessly trying to be popular. The mature believer is God-conscious and ever-conscious of what God's word says about him and to him because he is able to testify with Paul it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment you see he's free to walk in and voice his convictions he fits the description given in the amplified translation of 1 Corinthians 13:5 he is not conceited arrogant and inflated with pride he's not touchy or fretful or resentful he takes no account of the evil done to him pays no attention to a suffered wrong. And then finally, the third characteristic of a manhood state of spiritual development is ability to recognize God at work. Now, one of the best spiritual examples of this characteristic is Joseph. You remember how that Joseph saw certain things happening in a dream and his brother became jealous of him. They were going to kill him, but finally sold him into slavery. He was taken into Egypt where eventually he stood and refused to bow to the wishes of his master's wife and was thrown in prison. He stayed, friends, in prison seven years. Most people would have become bitter and said, God has forsaken me after these seven years. You remember he interpreted a dream for a fellow prisoner, Pharaoh's butler that in three days the butler would be lifted up and restored. Joseph asked the butler to make mention of him to Pharaoh when he was delivered. The butler was released, as Joseph said, but he forgot Joseph. It was two years more before Joseph got out. In those two years, most folks would have grown bitter and said, that's the way it is, you try to help folks and they won't help you. But the time came when Joseph was brought out of prison, and eventually he was made prime minister of Egypt. A famine back in his home country caused his father to send his brothers to Egypt in search of food. They had to be brought before him because he was prime minister. They didn't know him, but he recognized them, the very ones who had sold him into slavery. He didn't tell them who he was, but he asked, Is your father well the old man of whom you spake? They answered that he was in good health. Benjamin hadn't come with them, so Joseph said to him, Hereby ye shall be proved by the life of Pharaoh, ye shall not go forth hence except your youngest brother come hither. Well, they went back and told their father that this man did solemnly protest unto us, saying, Ye shall not see my face, except your brother be with us. You're listening
0: to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. If you'd like to find more life-changing resources, then visit rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Right now, I want to tell you about this month's special offer, the CD series, Growing Up Spiritually, by Kenneth E. Hagan. This series is at the special price of nineteen ninety-five. That's over $8 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries... Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan.
1: Camp Meeting, 2015, July the 19th through the 24th, so come and just have a refreshing time in the Lord.
0: Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagan on growing up spiritually. That's next time on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.